from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Tom Chapman, Executive Director of the Iowa Catholic Conference, to talk about the priorities of the bishops of Iowa for the upcoming 2020 legislative session. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. Good morning, Kelly. Uh, Good morning. So we've settled into ordinary time, but we know for many of our uh, people around the world, it's life is anything but ordinary. The mm-hmm. people in Australia dealing with the fires, the catastrophic fires that have affected Western Australia, New South Wales, South Australia, and Victoria states, and mm-hmm. the people there fleeing and things. We mm-hmm. kind of associate with California, but our prayers uh, continue to be with the people in Australia, as well as our friends in Puerto Rico and the earthquake there. That uh, that uh, state has just experienced so much, mm-hmm. you know, and. Uh, uh, with the electrical things and all that went on there. So our, our hearts and minds go out not only to uh, our Catholic friends, but to, to so many in that way. So here we are, uh, you know, kind of there. I'm going to be uh, making my rounds with the other bishops in the ad limina visit. Uh, we're kind of working our way through the major basilicas, Mary Major, St. John Lateran, mm-hmm. obviously St. Peter's, and uh, St. Paul outside the walls. And uh, uh, kind of a fond memory there when I was bringing my Loris class four years ago to St. Paul outside the walls. And so the uh, designated uh Church of of uh, Cardinal James Hickey, the American, who's the cardinal uh, who has over that's his titular see there, okay. and so he greeted us and made time mm-hmm. for us. He's mm-hmm. the consummate gentleman. He was the head of the papal household under the Holy Father Saint John Paul II. But at a certain point, he said, "Now we can keep having the tour, or it's up to Father Johnson. Can we? He can decide whether we go get a coffee." And I said, <laughs> "And I, you know, I'm no dummy. I saw. I think it's time for a coffee. So, yeah, the 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 bar that the the church owns right next to the mm-hmm. Saint Paul." Outside the walls, <laughs> and it was all set up for uh, our group of thirty-five, and you know, a little sweet oh, nice. uh, pastry in the morning, and whatever uh, kind of form of caffeine people wanted, they could mm-hmm. have that as well. So it was mm-hmm. a, a great gesture of hospitality on his part. Yeah, very uh, nice. So we're kind of there. So uh, we'll be going, but also the chance to, to visit with our seminarians at the North American College: Reed Flood, Alex Kramer, Mike Mahoney, and of course Father James Downey, ordained this past year, mm-hmm. uh, who's completing his, uh, his license in theology as well. So we will be doing that. Of course, St. Paul Outside the Walls is a significant church in terms of Christian unity. And as we have the Feast of Conversion of Paul on January 25th, that kind of marks the conclusion of the Week of Christian Unity. So our great engagement on the Word of God and uh, uh, the life of of Christian service and all that's there. How, When we do engage in honest dialogue, we find how much more unites us than divides us. And so still hoping to realize that unity for which Christ prays in in his own uh, way. Also anticipating uh, Catholic Schools Week, the end of the month, uh, finally, uh, you know, surrounding the uh, Feast of St. John Bosco, Feast of mm-hmm. St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, I'll try to contain, contain myself and not wax eloquent about Thomas Aquinas, the angelic mm-hmm. doctor, but uh, the opportunity to be at schools in Shelby County, obviously Dowling Catholic uh, High School. And finally, my initial experience to celebrate Mass at St. Albert's in Council Bluffs. So right. I've been waiting with bated <laughs> breath. Uh, you know, I was postponed in November, but the opportunity to be there, but to celebrate this great mission and our dedicated uh, teachers, administrators, and all who support in any way Catholic education. Obviously, we, we know a lot of education and formation happens in 
in the home. And as uh, Tom Chapman will maybe anticipate that uh, Catholic schools are no threat to the public schools, but uh, you know that this this is a particular way in which integrated throughout the day and not just kind of isolated uh, uh, in the encounter with Jesus and the whole uh, sense of that personal relationship that uh, forms our young people, allowing them to take their place as uh, leaven in the world and all that we're about. So uh, we're hoping to, to experience that in, in a beautiful way. So the uh, ways in which uh, people have experienced Jesus and uh, the encounters that they've had, do you have anything for us there? No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly? Probably text. Te- do text us, though. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. So, all right. So yeah, we, uh, where are the professionals when we need them here? But anyway, so we always welcome people texting us at 515-223-1150, 515-223-1150. Come on, help Kelly and me out here. Make us look good when we, when I, I'm the one with egg on my face here. So, all right, Kelly. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we return and welcome Tom Chapman, Executive Director of the Iowa Catholic Conference. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscapes. Extend your living space outdoors with patios, pergolas, fencing, and retaining walls. Outdoor lighting is another way to enjoy your landscaping day and night. Five Sons Naturescapes will spend the time to understand your needs and create your perfect outdoor space. Learn more about Five Sons Naturescapes at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Thank you to Five Sons Naturescapes for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you to Golden Rule for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. At Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, we do our best to serve the people and communities who so generously support us. We try and find some way to give back every single month because we know everyone can use some help. Golden Rule is very thankful for all of our customers and your continued support of us. We would like to wish you and yours a very blessed holiday season. I'm Bobby from Golden Rule, where we deliver respect, understanding, loyalty, expertise, and service every time you call. We have a standard and we prove it with every job. Online at goldenrulephc.com. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mesher-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. On today's show, we're visiting with Tom Chapman, Executive Director of the Iowa Catholic Conference, to talk about the priorities of the bishops of Iowa for the upcoming 2020 legislative session. Thank you very much, Kelly and uh, Mr. Tom Chapman. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, Thank we, you, Bishop. We, we know each other, but uh, uh, since coming to Des Moines, it's been a chance to really appreciate all that you've been about and a little bit of your, your own background. Now, the Iowa Catholic Conference is not an athletic conference because <laughs> only of Catholic schools, right? No, nope, it, nope, it just deals with all the issues the bishops want to deal with. So, yep. All right. So it's an arm of the bishops? Yeah. The Iowa Catholic Conference is the public policy agency of the Catholic bishops of Iowa. And as you know, we've got four Catholic bishops in Iowa, Sioux City, Dubuque, Davenport, and Des Moines. And so I work for the four of them. And and, uh, you guys give me direction on what our policy uh, positions will be. And then we go up to the state capitol and inform the Catholic people about that and do some work. Okay. So... So uh, excellent, and you know, you talk about the four dioceses and everything. You know, uh, you certainly are out and about. You know, some of our politicians are talking about pulling a Grassley, which means ninety-nine <laughs> counties. But uh, yeah. you, you're known to spend some serious road time, kind of uh, yeah. meeting with uh, a in the fall. People. Yeah, in the fall is mainly my time to get out in the dioceses, and I get a lot of invitations to do some speaking to Catholic groups and individual parishes and groups of parishes, and meet with the bishops. Sometimes when I get a chance to do that, and always 
try to pair that up with meeting with legislators in different parts of the state. So that's a good way to get in touch with them when they're not so busy at the Capitol and kind of see them in their own local situation at their local restaurant or bar or wherever they end up wanting to meet, you know. And so <laughs> we get to some of them own, own some bars, so that's where you end up meeting with them. Um, and that's fine, but it's a good chance to get to know them a little bit and what they're really interested in and how they want to help people. Okay. So are, are people comfortable being seen with you here in the city of Des Moines? Oh, or, I mean, yeah. at breakfast or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Absolutely. You technically, know. are you a lobbyist? Uh, <laughs> technically, yeah, I'm a lobbyist. I have to register in that way. And so you can't, you know, there are gift laws in Iowa. So technically, I can't even get them a drink at Starbucks. The limit is $3. So you really can't give a legislator anything. Um, and so in some ways, you know, that, I think... That will not get you a mocha frappo. Yeah, that won't get you anything, you know. <laughs> so so really, it's it's all a conversation about issues and, you know, just getting a cup of coffee and talking with people. But I think it's important to, to have, try to build relationships because I think that's part of what politics really is, is building relationships with people. You might say building a culture of encounter, you know, with people who may not... Uh, always agree with where you are, but, you know, to try to build that dialogue with people is important. Marvelous. And that kind of uh, segues very nicely with our last week's show on the uh, Civilize It. uh, Yeah, I really love that project, and I'm I'm glad the bishops are putting that together. Yeah, good. So before we plunge into some of the uh, priorities this this, uh, session, uh, people can sign up for the Iowa Catholic Conference and be part of this network? Yeah, we'd love to have people do that. If people go to iowacatholicconference.org, they can click on Join the Network, or take action, and that way they can put in their address, and uh, we'll definitely send them a weekly newsletter during the session. That's going to be starting up, you know, right this week, and uh, they'll know what's going on, uh, issues of interest to the Catholic community. So that's what we focus on in the newsletter, and we'll have a chance to send out action alerts where people will know when's the right time to take action on a particular issue, send in an email, or give a call to a legislator. So we really encourage people to sign up for that. It's a good way to stay connected, and uh, you know we're not going to spam them with information, but just the key information they need to know. Yeah, and a longtime subscriber of that in Dubuque. I mean, I've always appreciated how pithy it was, uh, you know, very succinct, and really got to things, and also strategic. You know that you know sometimes uh, sending an email to legislators not going to be as effective as other seasons. Of, of exactly, that. and you want to send it at the right time, you know, and not too early and not too late, things like that. And so, and we're getting uh, you know better about being more pithy, you know, and keeping it <laughs> short, you know, for attention spans these attention uh, span these days so um you know we really hope people take that opportunity okay so before us uh, some of the conversations that we've had constitutional amendments should that make us nervous or what uh, what's, <laughs> well, what's happening there yeah i think you always take <laughs> great care with constitutional amendments and there's a couple of them though that we're supporting this year one in particular has to do with abortion and is in response to a 2018 uh, Supreme Court decision here in the state of Iowa that found actually abortion to be a fundamental right in the Constitution. And so it goes beyond even Roe v. Wade. And so we've got a proposal that we're working on with a lot of different groups that would actually just kind of reset the Constitution and say it does not have a right to an abortion. So we've been actively working on that really since the end of the session last year, meeting with a lot of different groups and legislators. And I feel like uh, it's going to be moving. How far it will move? Will it get through both chambers? You know, part of that's going to be up to the people if they really ask for it, you know. And so that's why we're encouraging people to pay attention to what's going on and we'll be asking for their response to legislators. So that's one constitutional amendment. And that, that yeah. decision that found that yeah. in the Constitution kind of dropped in out of nowhere, right? It doesn't really reflect even the continuity going back 
to the mid-19th century, does it? No, it, it certainly, it's the same constitution we've had also allowed for a ban on abortion, you know, for 115 years up until Roe v. Wade. And so now the court has kind of changed its mind and said, no, in this same constitution, there is a right to an abortion. And the decision was clear in that that's, they were making new law. Um, and they were clear about the fact that they were doing that. And that's very unfortunate. Um, they've kind of moved towards that over the last 10 years, and we were concerned that that's where they were headed. And indeed, that's where they were headed with it. Um, we did uh, file an amicus brief on behalf of the Iowa Catholic Conference mm-hmm. to try to say, well, no, this Constitution does not contain a right to an abortion. And uh, we had a very good historical and legal argument, but they didn't take us up on it. Right. So much for stare decisis, yeah, then, I guess. All exactly. right. Exactly. So another uh, possible amendment? Yeah, another that now Iowa is actually the only state where people coming out of prison automatically do not have a right to vote. We're the last one. Um, and it's part of a constitutional um, provision that we have that just says if if someone has uh, committed a felony, they do not receive the right to vote. So that's what we're trying to change. I mean, we're really, I would say, a church about forgiveness and second chances and also about wanting people to be part of the political community. And so this would only apply to people who have come out of prison and have completed their sentence. So they have to do all of that before they would receive the right to vote back. It wouldn't be exactly automatic, but at least would give that opportunity. Um, the proposal that we're also working on would allow for the legislature to decide that there are some you know, crimes that really a person should not receive the right to vote again, perhaps treason or something like that. Oh. And there are some reasonable arguments to be made on that. But part of the problem in Iowa is that we have a very low level of what a felony is. Yeah, Class D felony could be, and I'm not advocating this, but if you do $1,500 worth of damage, that can be a felony. Well, if you're 19 years old and you're screwing around and you make a mistake, that can be a felony, you know, if you've just destroyed property. And then to say that you can never receive the right to vote, that seems out of whack with where we are as a society. So uh, we're working with probably, it's probably 40 or 50 other groups uh, to try to get this constitutional amendment passed so the people of Iowa can vote on it. Um, a similar thing was done in Florida and the people approved it. And mm-hmm. so we're kind of following towards that. And it passed the Iowa House last year, 95 to 2. And so now it's in the Senate, going to be in the Judiciary Committee, and we're in big trouble on that. Um, There's not a lot of support for it in the Senate so far. Um, Lots of work is being done, so we're going to be asking for help on that. Okay. You know, I've been uh, one who's kind of tracked with the whole models of restorative justice in the past, and this would seem to restore the right to franchise, the right to vote would be a a piece of that, right? Yeah. Kind of recognizing dignity. Yeah, we want people to be part of the community. And if you treat people like decent citizens, maybe they'll act like decent citizens. You know, you don't want to put people aside. And so I think this would be an important thing to keep working on. Okay. So turning to others who maybe are coming to our community or others who we want to have full participation, some support for uh, resettlement and case management for refugees. Yeah, that's one thing we're definitely taking a look at. Um, Catholic Charities of the Diocese of Des Moines is one of two resettlement agencies in the state. Um, Other Catholic charities were doing that in the past, but they had to get out of it because the federal government has decided we're just going to admit many fewer refugees, which is very unfortunate because these are among the most you know, vetted people on the face of the earth. I mean, they are having to leave their, they have to leave their country because of famine or war or political things where they're being prosecuted. And 
They're in camps for a couple of years. They go through all these interviews and vetting, and then a few of them are allowed to come to this country. And so uh, what we'd like to do is get some more support for that, you know, because there are people who really have very great needs. They're because here. all the support presently, excuse me for interrupting, yeah, is just no. is channeled through the federal uh, right. arms, right? Yeah. They, so this is looking at a state. Uh, yeah, that's what we're looking for because really there, right now there used to be a lot more, but now there's 90 days of federal assistance which basically turns, you know, refugee resettlement is really a jobs program. You're trying to get these people in jobs right away. And so, but it would be better to have some extended case management to help them with housing and kind of getting settled here. And the state does already put a little money into that in terms of some language training. And also they put some money into a AmeriCorps project, which uh, employs refugees, a few refugees to help with that community. And, but we'd like to see them encourage them in that way and encourage more. Okay, yeah. and I certainly know at the, my home parish, St. Ambrose Cathedral, the diversity of people and many who have come to this country as refugees and are contributing in so many ways to the Des Moines community and to the to the diocese, so that uh, support that might be there. Uh, Catholic education is always a priority, uh, mm-hmm. some uh, ongoing uh, advocacy there. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, s- some budget items that we work on, which would provide textbooks and technology to Catholic schools, um, and so we work on that. That's an important thing. The state provides uh, over $8 million to help transfer transport students to non-public schools. That's only about 80% of what is needed, you know, and so that money really flows to the public school to either provide it or sometimes they'll prorate it out to parents, but we'd like to have that fully funded, of course. And then a very important program is the School Tuition Organization Program, Mm -hmm. which raises money for scholarships for lower-income children to go to Catholic schools. Um, That has been a great program over the years. It's really a great tax credit, a great opportunity for donors. Um, We're working on that to try to increase the amount of tax credits that might be available. Uh, There has been a federal issue that's cropped up, which has made it more difficult to get donations because our donors can't get the full federal deduction. But it's still a great state tax credit, and if you increase those tax credits, it helps those STOs that can raise the money. So that's a very critical thing we work on. Um, we've also now, they, yeah. Some people will lob this, uh, this canard that, oh, well, you know, it's taking money away from the public schools. No, it's totally a separate discussion, and we support great public, public schools. We need to have great public schools. The amount that goes to public schools every year always goes up. Um, it hasn't gone up as fast as it has in the past, and so they do have some issues there. But this discussion at the at the Capitol, it's not like the legislators choose between one or the other. They're totally separate uh, discussions. By law, they're supposed to do the public school funding right away in the first month or two of the session, mm-hmm. and they usually do that. And then our discussion with non-public schools usually comes at the budget part at the end. So they really aren't. You know, our, our amount is so tiny. I mean, we're talking about, if you look at federal and state and local funding for public schools, it's over $6 billion. We're talking about a few million, which to me, that's a lot of money, right? But uh, in the scheme of things, it's like 1% of what they're doing, you know, actually less of what they're doing for the public schools. And so we feel like it's a different discussion. Okay, definitely. And uh, I know Gene Wells with our diocesan uh, Catholic uh, school tuition organization was ecstatic to exceed her goal of $3 million and They did a great job on in. that. Yeah. So we want to we stretch her and make her work even harder next year by <laughs> upping so. the limit. So we hope I our hope legislators so. uh, give Gene an a, a, a aspirational <laughs> task in that regard. So yeah, we're going to be working on that for sure. That'd be marvelous uh, in that way. So uh, 
and you know, you talk about a couple million, not not very much money. So don't be setting me up to ask for a raise. Here <laughs> yeah, way. that's right. Yeah, did you hear what I said, Bishop? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, I can remember when uh, Christians and other people of goodwill really were uh, instrumental in having the abolition of the death penalty under Governor Branstad uh, mm-hmm. a couple decades ago. But there, yeah. that's there's some rumblings in that area. Yeah, um, actually, Iowa got rid of the death penalty in 1966 or so. Um, we've not had it for many years, over 50 years now, but there are efforts to bring it back. And that's an issue that really relates to human life and dignity and is right in the wheelhouse of the Catholic Church and the bishops, mm-hmm. for sure. And we've opposed that, and we work closely with the Iowans Against the Death Penalty group to try to stop that up. Unfortunately, that passed out of committee last year in the Senate Judicial Committee, a Judiciary Committee, um, they sent it back to the committee, and I expect there'll be efforts to bring it forth again. Um, we're, I think we are, you know, in a tough spot. Obviously, it passed last year. It could pass this year out of the committee. We're just trying to keep it off the floor for debate. I think it would have a tougher time even passing the House. But um, as this moves, people will hear about it, and we're definitely going to make our voice known on that issue. Okay. We know our Holy Father, Pope Francis, has now inscribed this in the Catechism, certainly in continuity with Pope John Paul II and even Evangelium Vitae. But, you know, again, not only that, oh, there might be pragmatic considerations to allow the death penalty, but that really this is an intrinsic uh, offense against human dignity, which is inalienable no exactly. matter what we do. Uh, you know, yeah, the Pope is, even called it inadmissible, I think, in the newest document. And so we've uh, been working against it for a long time, and we'll continue that work. Okay, excellent. Any other little uh, things that might be on your plate? In the- well, I think there's discussions about um, mental health funding that the government has, and we've supported efforts to try to get that where it needs to be. Um, part of the problem is is that it's not really equitable in all parts of the state, depending on property taxes and things like that. It may get taken up in that discussion about raising the sales tax for Natural Resources Trust Fund, because the first three-eighths of any tax increase of sales tax goes to that. And then the other five-eighths is, you know, what are you going to do with that money? And so lots of people would like to have great ideas for that. And perhaps mental health funding would be one of those. Um, we have mixed feelings about it because a sales tax increase is regressive and affects uh, lower income people more than higher income people. So we we really see those things probably better out of the income tax, but that's not the world we're living in right now. So uh, we're just going to have to see how that goes forward. Yeah, so that, that's part of the art of politics. And mm-hmm. uh, Tom, we're really blessed that you're so instrumental and uh, have been at this for some time and have all, all those relationships that we've talked about in that way. So so uh, we thank you for your time. Uh, you're going to have an intense few months here, but uh, the spirit will be with you. Uh, so will your daughter Katie be evaluating your performance this morning when you get home? Or your uh, she, sophomore daughter at Donald yeah, Catholic she, High School? she always evaluates my performance and she's not afraid to tell me where I'm messing up. So we're happy to have that. Okay. Well, bless you and peace going forward. Thank you, Bishop. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Thank you to Golden Rule for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. At Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, we do our best to serve the people and communities who so generously support us. We try and find some way to give back every single month because we know everyone can use some help. Golden Rule is very thankful for all of our customers and your continued support of us. We would like to wish you and yours a very blessed holiday season. I'm Bobby from Golden Rule, where we deliver respect, understanding, loyalty, expertise, and service every time you call. We have a standard and we prove it with every job. Online at goldenrulephc.com. Thank you to Bozen the Florist for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio, Dowling Catholic Football, and Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. 
What better way to send a message to a friend or a loved one than a beautiful bouquet of fresh-cut flowers? Hey, this is Tom Bozen from Bozen the Florist. Our family business has been helping Central Iowans send messages locally and around the world for almost 100 years. Whatever the occasion, whatever the message, we can help you say more with Bozen. That's 244-ROSE, 244-7673, or visit us at bozen.com. Speaking in the pool hall window after school, you got trouble, folks, right here in River City. Trouble with a capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. Now, I know all you folks are the right kind of parents. I'm going to be perfectly frank. Would you like Welcome to- back. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins of the Diocese of Des Moines. Great interview. Tom Chapman, always, right. always a good friend of the station. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you two go back a ways. We do. Yes, we do. Let's see. Back what year? Um, must have been 2007, I believe. Yeah. We, oh, uh, so long ago. <laughs> I know. No, 2006, actually. Yeah, he left Catholic Charities to go to Iowa Catholic Conference, and at the same time, I was doing my practicum at Catholic Charities and switched over to Iowa Catholic Conference. So we started at the exact same time. Oh, I was so just an intern. You're like a lottery pick. Then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In that way. Wow, good. So I was just an intern, but yeah, yeah, okay. it was good. A lot of walking at the Capitol. Oh, yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, it was a good time. I enjoyed working with Tom. All right. Yeah, he's yeah. great. No, mm-hmm. he is. He really is. So that's, that's marvelous. So, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, we only touched on a sample of the things mm-hmm. that he's going to be about and how he goes mm-hmm. through that as well. So very much. Excellent. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit about the Christian Unity Week mm-hmm. before, um, and Pope Francis is kind of uh, accenting that a little bit this year, initiating something that kind of binds yeah, us in yes. terms of so the Word of God. He has um, decided to uh, declare that uh, January 26th will be a newly established Sunday of the Word of God Day. So this is an invitation to Catholics from around the world to deepen their appreciation, love, and faithful witness to God and His Word. So focusing on the Bible. Um, so uh, Do we Catholics read the Bible? I mean, I, you no, know. <laughs> I, know. I don't know. Don't you? <laughs> Try to. No, no, that's part of the whole renewal. <laughs> no, I know there, there is you know, uh, there is kind of that pressure. You know, Vatican II and the dogmatic constitution on divine revelation. You know that that classic phrase of the one table of the word and sacrament. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we we as Catholics, obviously, the liturgy of the word is an essential part, course, and, yes. and our whole life revolves around it. And visiting with some of our pastors in the diocese, some of the renewal movements that mm-hmm. accent that. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. So very good. Good. Yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, so he just said uh, this day will be dedicated to the Bible to help the church experience anew how the risen Lord opens up for us the treasury of his word and enables us to proclaim his unfathomable riches. It be a good opportunity for people to uh, open up the Bible and rediscover what's in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. molding our hearts and things mm-hmm. as well so that uh, they don't heart. You know, when I think, thinking about things that <clears throat> we do, uh, a lot of people during the new year try to uh, adopt new fitness regimens and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to hang together now. I'm in a, a maintenance mode if I can keep this going as I, 60 is looming here this year, so that'll be a significant uh, year for me, but uh, I'm still waiting, you know, in our kind of command booth here at IO Catholic Radio that uh, Deacon Tony Valdez, you know, that I, when I will be admitted to the spin class at the why when he'll allow me to join his uh, 5 15 a.m uh, group in the morning so his door is always open you know i mean there's a whole vetting process that goes on for this and so you know uh i would just warn you that if you if you let me into the uh spin chamber you probably better increase the towels there because i've been known to create a biblical size a pool <laughs> under me in that way so that that would be something there so yeah i mean uh, perspiration is no sign of performance but uh, at least it kind of goes in that route <laughs> Does he have a disco ball in his uh, studio during his class? 
Oh my goodness! That's what I've heard. Playlist, disco ball. I don't think he's paying attention to me. It's like psych- <laughs> it's like psychedelic. Man. It's like psychedelic. So yeah, but uh, we think mm-hmm. think about the Word of God and how we're trained. Uh, Pope Francis also kind of talking about the, how uh, the challenges that we face train us as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about that. You talked about discerning of spirits in a recent homily. Um, you know how we need to pay attention to the voices we hear internally, and uh, you know really discern where those those thoughts and voices are coming from. Um, another thing for 2020, Pantone actually <laughs> released. They said that classic blue is the color for 2020, and so um, they said that people are in a lot of stress nowadays. That blue is a dependable color that uh, makes us feel secure, and of course, that relates very well to the Virgin Mary, uh, the mantle of Mary, calling on her when you're in need. Um, so, it, a Pantone is like the high priest of color in our <laughs> culture. I mean, they get to declare, you know, what, what's the new black well, for us can- each year. <laughs> <laughs> You could declare it for our diocese. I'm sure people would be interested. Yeah, no, you know, when I was at Laura's College, my pastoral staff and the spiritual, the dean of spiritual life, they would not even let me select or have a voice in the selection of the color of the carpet oh, in the sanctuary. Bad, so, huh? so, yeah. So, <laughs> all right. This has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you to our guests and all of our listeners in Iowa, Nebraska, and Wisconsin on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.